Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another SLG Meetup. All the way from Bali, your host Alvaro, to bring you another interesting guest. This time is our Australian friend, Ryan John Fisher. He's a top real estate broker based in Melbourne, and he's combining both football and real estate to make incredible things happen in our society. So really excited about having him here today, and I hope that all of you get to enjoy this conversation. Mate, what's happening, Ryan? <laughs> Alvaro, how are you? It's been one year next week since I've seen you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man. Come on, we need to celebrate that anniversary. Yeah. Actually, I'm not too far from you this time. I'm in Bali, oh, yeah. so we're closer how than ever. How is Bali? Good? No, beautiful, beautiful. I mean, can't complain. But tell us about yourself, man. How is everything in Australia? Things are starting to loosen up a little bit? Yeah, well, last time I spoke to you, I was in a um, hotel uh, locked up uh, for two weeks. As you know, COVID was pretty bad uh, worldwide, really, at the time. And then um, came into Melbourne, launched the business a year ago next week. Um, and it's definitely eased up a lot in terms of the restrictions and masks and, you know, all these sorts of things. The market was incredibly strong for about six or seven months. Um, but now I feel like, and you can probably echo these sentiments where you are uh, over in Miami and places like that, the sting has come out of it a little bit, um, I feel, and the economic fallout of COVID is starting to take place uh, globally. So it's an interesting time. Yeah, well, we'll see exactly how that transitions into the luxury space in real estate. And congratulations to all that anniversary on starting your own brokerage. Fisher Thank TM, which tell us a little bit about it because I find it very interesting. Your background is football. You were doing negotiations in that space and now transitioning into real estate. You haven't lost that connectivity between both worlds and you're doing something remarkable. You're really tackling social disasters and really helping the economy and, and people in different ways. So tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, I was in real estate before football, and then um, I went into football heavily, uh, traveled the world, um, really sort of implemented myself into that space, uh, did a lot of networking, um, seen a lot of things, uh, both at club level and also at grassroots level, and felt like um, real estate was always going to be there. I always knew that I had that there in my locker um, if I needed it. So as I said, world, got into the football market for a little while, did some business, COVID then hit, um, and then based off a few decisions that I made, I've come back and, and got into real estate. But the thing for me um, is that I don't want to lose that connection with the game um, at all. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why the foundation has been set up, so that my main sort of vehicle is real estate, hence the brokerage, um, but also with the uh, revenue that we generate and the network that I've been able to ascertain across football, and some of the issues that I've been able to identify within that space, I really want to use uh, the business as a way to help make a positive impact um, in that regard. But the brokerage itself, as I said to you, is a year old next week. Um, we operate a little bit differently to a traditional estate agency here in Australia. Uh, we don't offer auctions. Uh, we don't offer leasing. Uh, we don't do public open for inspections. Uh, everything is via private sale and private negotiation. So it's very much a hybrid sales business, which suits my strengths. Huh. Um, and I also feel like it is set up to navigate into the next part of the world that we're going into, which is, I believe, where we're going to see the corporate structure really start to change uh, massively, especially in real estate. Hmm. So tell me, tell me a little bit about that part. So how do you see things coming up? Well, I think um, 
I'll put it to you this way. My business is operated from four or five apps and I've got a team of four people who assist me in the back end to allow me to do what I need to do. But none of those are actually full-time employees for the business. Um, so I've got somebody who takes administration, uh, the reconciliations, the trust accounts, things like this. I've got a media team who are outsourced. I've got a legal team who are outsourced. And then I've got suppliers who I effectively call upon when I need. And they basically are an ecosystem around me that service me within the market to do what I need to do, which is be in front of the clientele, be across the market, negotiate and facilitate sales, um, which is you know my strength, I guess, and what I enjoy to do. So I don't have an office with 15 staff. I don't have an office with dramatic overheads. Um, my business is very fluid. I can get up and go wherever I need to go to do the business that I need to do. And I've got that team set up to do that. And I think COVID really pushed it onto people um, that you sort of had to sort of force yourself to operate that way. And I really, as, as sad as COVID was and as devastating as it was globally, there were elements of what it forced me to do from a business and a lifestyle perspective that I quite enjoyed. And I've retained that um, now that we've come out of it. But I think with the way the world's going, it's so connected. Um, some of the tech and the software that's coming into the space like blockchain, NFT, you know, that's going to completely revolutionize the way that people do business. And I don't think a lot of people have really understood how dramatic that's going to be. Um, so I think the business model that I've got um, really suits where things are potentially going to go. That's, that's what I think. I could be wrong. No, but I think that's excellent what you're saying, because the truth is that, look, some of us were able to travel around the world, be able to, you know, experience so many beautiful things that the world has to offer, but yet keep operating our business officially. And I think it's because of how the business model has been established. Because of COVID, we have been able to adapt in ways that has helped us now to progress in different ways, but also with this new advancement in technology and now with the Web3 and the blockchain, I believe that at the end of the day, these are elements that are just helping real estate evolve. So not sure how advanced is that in Australia. I know that where we are in Miami, it's probably one of the capital of cryptos and a lot of things are happening in there when it comes to crypto, NFTs, metaverse, and all related to real estate. So it's exciting to see where this is heading and I'm glad that you're taking the lead in that space there. Yeah, I just, look, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend, um, and I think anyone out there who really claims to understand what's going on is lying because it's all very new to all of us. Oh my God, I say that all the time, man. I yeah. say that all the time, man, you're so true. Yeah. We're all, and I, that actually excites me because for the first time um, in many ways, everyone's on an even playing field in terms yeah, of- Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm -hmm. Opportunity to learn it. Um, so to anyone out there who doesn't know what an NFT is, who doesn't know what blockchain is, or doesn't know how it's gonna impact real estate, you know, join the queue. But the best thing to do is to just start educating yourself as much as possible so you can stay on the trajectory as it, as it happens. That's, that's what I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, I agree with you. And it's such a big opportunity, as you said, to really create that authority and credibility in such a new and disrupting industry. So, no, well, for, well done for you. Now, tell me a little bit, because obviously last time we spoke, you were focusing on massive deals in Dubai, now transitioning to Australia. How's been that change? Um, look, it's been, it's been very good um, in the sense that um, Dubai was a great experience. Dubai actually taught me how much I love the Australian market, first of all. <laughs> and that, <laughs> I came back without any doubts that the Australian market was where I really wanted to in invest all my energy. Um, but Dubai was an amazing experience in the sense that it allows you to deal with 15 to 20 cultures a day. 
Um, wow. You know, it's basically just a melting pot of different cultures because of where it's geographically based. There's so much business going on there from all around the world. So just to experience different people's cultures, the way they conduct themselves, the way they do business was such a great experience to then put into my tool belt to bring back with me. Um, obviously, I, have, I was very lucky that I met a friend um, who will become a lifelong friend over there as well, Mr. Boswell, uh, as you know. Um, so, you know, the opportunity to meet people like him while I was there was great. So I've got very fond memories of Dubai, but I just felt like if I'm going to put five to 10 years, 15 to 20 years into a market, um, I want to live there. I want to be based there. I want to live and breathe it. And I just didn't feel like Dubai personally was for me. Um, but as a marketplace, it's a phenomenal place to um, get an education quickly. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thrown into the world. There's a lot of competition and interesting things going on. But no, I'm glad that you did that transition towards Australian market because that's obviously where you're passionate about. And I wanted to ask you a bit passion because you obviously are doing this not just for the sake of making money. A lot of people go into real estate because they think it's easy, quick money, you're your own boss, but you're doing it for the sake of really helping other people's lives. That's why you started your foundation. Tell me a little bit more about what that is all about. Yeah, I think when I traveled, I really learned um, there's a lot more to life than working, accumulating wealth, um, trying to buy the biggest box you can possibly own and then living in it. Um, and look, I was very guilty when I first got into real estate of some of the things you just mentioned. You know, the first thing I did when I started to have a little bit of a taste of money was buy a BMW, get my new watch. Um, you know, I fell into that trap at a very young age. But I think you have to go through that to realize that's not the be all and end all. And it's really not what the emphasis should be. Um, it's not where you're going to find purpose. It's not where you're going to find uh, intellectual stimulation. It's not where you're going to find drive. It's not where you're going to find anything close to happiness. That's for sure. So I was very, very careful this time um, in thinking to myself, okay, if I'm going to get back into real estate and I'm going to do as best I can to succeed, if I'm succeeding in real estate, by default, there's going to be a level of revenue coming into the business because it is a high-earning industry and that's going to come with a responsibility. So how am I going to handle that this time? And because of that love of football, it was a no-brainer to go, okay, how do these two go for a dance together in a way? How do they marry up and how do they combine? Now... When traveling um, Portugal, Italy, uh, parts of the UK and other areas within the world, I noticed at grassroots and low socioeconomic levels, football was a really powerful thing and it could really make a difference if utilized correctly. So that's when I went, okay, I'm just going to set up a foundation. I'm going to use what I have and I'm going to use my passion for both real estate and football to combine that and see what I can do globally to make a difference. So we've just invested some money into an underprivileged um, community uh, over in Portugal through a research project that we've just finished. We've just uh, basically initiated an introduction to a company who do amazing work out in Kenya and Ghana. So we're going to be involved with that wow. uh, before we year. And Incredible. we've also got a relationship with a, um, a girls team in uh, the, U the UK where you know the, the women's game is much on, on the up it's growing but at lower levels they really suffer from um, a lack of economic support so it's just about really and it's all sort of landed uh, naturally um, combining everything that I'm passionate about and just leaving it in a better place than I found it that, that's the I logic. love it no and I think that at the end of the day by the way congratulations on that I love the way that you're taking the lead on it and more people should be taking that as an example because a lot of people are accumulating wealth but they're not really making an impact 
you know, in our society. And you're really taking that vehicle that you've built for yourself with real estate to really help other people. So I find that very tremendous, especially because it's something that comes from your heart, something that you're passionate about. And that's really what the ultimate goal in life is, you know, to live this world by living it a bit better than what it was. Aside from that, I mean, I'm really curious, Ryan, because you obviously has transitioned through so many different destinations and so many different workplaces. And, and the word luxury, obviously, is something that resonates in so many different ways and forms. What is it for you right now? Um, luxury for me right now, if we talk about the real estate space, um, is... As a human, as a human being, like what's real estate for you? Oh, as a, I mean, real human... estate. What, I mean, uh, yeah, luxury. Yeah. Great, great question, actually. This is a great question in that context. Okay. Luxury to me is a balanced diet, being able to go for a walk with a podcast at some point during the day, feeling intellectually stimulated with my work, um, having some really good people around me on a consistent basis from a lifestyle perspective, and feeling like there's no ceiling on what I can achieve. That to me, if I've got the capacity to have all of those things happening, I'm living a very luxurious life. Um, anything after that really um, is, a bit of a, is a bit of a bonus or a cherry on top, or potentially even unnecessary. You don't need to complicate it. Um, so, you know, simple. I like simple. Uh, I've learned that simple is great. Um, I've also learned that that doesn't mean you're no longer ambitious. It doesn't mean you're no longer wanting to achieve commercial success. It just means that you've got a different drive and a different motivation and a different reason right. as to why. Um, you know, no, you don't energy you don't lose your ambition that that's it's built within you but you channel it in a different way and you think okay now that i've got a really different relationship with what i want to achieve that now changes the entire way i approach it um wow so luxury for luxury totally. for me cross out the word luxury and just write simple <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes we complicate everything too much you know yeah there you go Sometimes we complicate everything too much and, some, and just the simple things like drinking a cup of coffee, it's like, okay, that's luxury for me, you know, some people. And right now here in Bali, everybody's so humble, you know, I see people living in, in so many different places and being so humble, so grateful for what they have and it's all about being that. So I really appreciate that answer, especially coming from you. And look, I know you have things going on and, and I just don't want to take too much of your time. And just wanted to wrap this up by saying that you're a true inspiration. I really appreciate our friendship and also that you're sharing Likewise. all this information with everybody else. So if you want to add anything else, you know, feel free to do so. But those that are listening or watching, please follow Ryan at Fisher underscore underscore TM and check <laughs> out everything that he's doing because it's remarkable. Yeah, I just want to say um, congratulations to you too. I mean, obviously, since we first connected, um, I've been following what you're doing. Um, and I actually saw you on stage at a conference uh, very recently. Um, yeah. And I found, that, I found that a very interesting talk. Um, I love the way you approach life. It's great. And um, I wish you nothing but all the success with what you're doing because I think you're going about it all the right way too. So well done. Thank you, my friend. Well, I look forward to seeing you very, very soon. Hopefully, whether it's in Australia, Bali, Miami, you know, lots of things are happening. Did you order, um, did you order What is it? Did you order some pizza? No, no, no. There's a pizza guy. No, there was a guy there? It's because you're so healthy. I was just joking. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I ordered some breakfast, to be I honest. Only I only ever breakfast. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know, 
I try to be healthy because when you travel so much, I'm telling you, once you fall into the health, the unhealthy trail of just eating, eating whatever they give you, doesn't work. So you'll see me soon doing another Ironman just for the sake. Well, of hopefully, um, if you ever come a little bit further to Australia, of course we will uh, we will catch up. But if um if I come your way, then obviously I'll let you know as well. But um, it's good that the world is open back up again, so at least we have the chance to maybe do that soon. Hundred percent. All right, my friend. Wishing you all the best, and we'll talk very soon. Adios. See you, mate. And thanks again for everybody tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed it. And remember, embrace each beautiful success in life. My name is Alvaro, and I'll see you next time.